0: Welcome to the Rise and Thrive
1: podcast. My name is Liz Paris, and I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters, and we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness.
0: We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. Welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. Woohoo! Hello, everybody. We've had We're a little- super excited. To, <laughs> yeah. We're super excited to be with you today. And we've taken a, about a month off from doing podcasts because our father passed away. And so um, it was a lot of work for Liz and I. We've had to uh, do his funeral and his obituary and get all that ready. And then we've been kind of- Helping with his estate, um, and trying to get his house in order and cleaned up. And there's just so much to do, canceling phone bills and internets,
1: and it just the list goes on and on and on of stuff. Yes, it does. There. Plus, we've been spending some good family time together. We had family in town and our brother was visiting from Taiwan. And so anyway, just good things, hard things um schedule feeling filling kinds of things but we're grateful that uh that we i think overall i think we you know we have so much to be grateful for we have the best dad and he set such a good legacy for us we might get some emotions going in this episode <laughs> as i was thinking about things i felt some emotions coming up and i I was like, oh, I don't think I can talk about this without a little bit of emotion sneaking out here and there. So just a little disclosure before we start (laughs) that that may happen. But we just we are so blessed to have such amazing parents. And now both of our parents are on the other side and a more spiritual realm than here in this physical realm. And we're we're grateful that they're still we still feel connected to them and we still feel of their love and their support and so anyway there are lots of things to be grateful for um but it also it has been a very very hard process especially this last year for us it's been hard to see our dad decline um a lot of you know that have been following us that he had cancer mesothelioma sarcoma um it can be caused by asbestos exposure which he had with his work and It's a very, very, very painful cancer. And so there's just a lot of um, decline in the lungs and the lung lining, and it can affect the heart and the stomach and all of the things in the upper cavity of the chest. So it's just been rough. It's been rough watching him go through that decline, the physical decline, also a mental decline, having to be on all the, the medications and things like that, you know, losing some of his memory and his ability to just even be awake some of the time he just got super tired at the end and um so it's hard really hard it's hard to lose someone that you love so much and um I, in a way all of that decline kind of made it a little easier christina and i were talking about that how you know if he had been healthy and just suddenly one day he's just gone It'd be way harder. And I know a lot of people go through that, maybe a car accident or an unexpected death for someone. And so our hearts go out to you. Um, But for us, it was nice to have a little bit more processing time to kind of slowly wrap our heads around, letting our dad go and, and allowing him to go and to be in a different, different state, a state of peace with no hurts. With no pain, and so anyway, it's been it's been a journey. It's been hard. Both Christina and I have have been um, kind of heading up that part of, along with one of our uncles, just the caretaking and and um, really getting him to the appointments and keeping up on all the medications and just all the things that go with caretaking for someone whose health is declining. And so you know, we've been through a lot and. You know, we kind of wondered how, how would it be when he went, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that process. Um, Christina, what do you think was the hardest for you watching dad decline? Um,
0: Just watching someone that was so strong and capable, not even be able to go to the bathroom by himself um, or feed himself at the end. Like he couldn't even lift up a spoon there was moments and then it got to the point where he literally couldn't even eat like even if we were feeding him it just was so painful for him to even swallow and put food in his stomach and that's actually on his death certificate it says that he died from mesothelioma cancer but it also says that he actually was malnourished and basically starved to death Um, at the end there he was so skinny he he looked like he could have come out of a concentration camp or something like that and it was I think that was one of the hardest things seeing a dad that would go hiking and biking and do so many things and then you know just not even be capable to do any normal day-to-day tasks and that and then just like you said his mental capacity to like the drugs were terrible they he couldn't even really talk very much once he was on them or um, have a really good conversation after he had been on so many drugs. So that was also hard too.
1: Yeah, so true. And it seems like everything, and we may have mentioned this in another session, but it seems like everything that we tried to do to strengthen him or help him or whatever, just no matter what our efforts were, it seemed like he just got closer and closer to, to passing. And so that was hard, too, because we were going full force on let's take care of dad, let's save him as much as we can or help him as much as we can. And then to have that um, constant steady decline, even despite the efforts, that's always really hard. I think, too,
0: sleep. one of the hardest things was a lot of his healthcare care professionals gave us a lot of false hope because he was so healthy, you know, before he had cancer, they thought he was going to live. Quite a bit longer than what was diagnosed like if you looked it up on the internet on the internet it said three to six months so we saw that but then his his doctors were like oh i'd be shocked if he died in a year like so we were like it was yeah. a little bit complicated to have these doctors that wanted him to do radiation and get a pain pump and do all surgeries and all these procedures when every single thing they did that was supposed to extend his life really like Liz said, brought him closer to ending his life and so that was also really hard having like false hope like wow maybe we could go on a hike like they said we definitely think you'll be able to go on a hike like he couldn't even walk to the bathroom like it was just I don't know so it was was a little bit hard too to have hit some you know professionals that we had trusted and I'm not trying to knock on them at all they're doing their best but at the same time they'd give us false hope and then you know, none of nothing that they thought what was gonna happen happened.
1: Yeah. And no one can really play God, so to speak, of what is in the cards for people, but at the same time it was hard. And there were quite a few people who had I had, that I had talked to that knew people that had mesothelium and they lived for a few years, you know, two or three or five years. And so, you know, you just don't know. Every person's so different, every circumstance is so different. Um and our dad, just to kind of give you an idea of how strong he is, he was hiking a mountain in Taiwan with our brother a couple years ago. It was called Jade Mountain, and it's a very tall mountain on the island of Taiwan. And it's the, actually the one, tallest mountain in Asia. In yeah, Southeast in like Southeast Asia. Asia. Yeah. And so a really significant hike and took days and they, you know, had a stop and um, different you know, they had to do it in sections because it was a long time and
0: because it's so high. You have to have a guide with you. You're not allowed to go as a private person. You have to go with a hired guide.
1: Yeah. So they were with a guide who was about 40 years old. And here's our dad, who's about 72, 73. I can't remember exactly what it was three years ago or two. And he, um, he was just taken off up the mountain, just climbing and climbing and climbing. And this guide, said to our brother in Chinese, our brother speaks Chinese, that, hey, why is your dad going so fast? Tell him to slow down. You know, he's not going to be able to last if he keeps going this fast. And he kept getting mad that our dad was going so fast. Um, And so just to give you an idea, you know, the 40 year old was having a hard time keeping up with them. And um, so, yeah, when Christina says he was a very strong man, he was and super strong willed. If he wanted to do something, he was going to do it. And so, Anyway, that just gives you a kind of an idea. You know, you couldn't really tell him no if he got an idea in his mind. Um, I don't know if we've shared before, but he cut down a tree in his front yard and had climbing ropes up there in a harness and just chopped everything down um, like a 70-foot pine tree in his front yard. So he just, you know, just super ambitious, super strong-willed super tenacious just like i'm doing this i got this and and just totally believed in himself i remember one time the doctor said we were this was close to the end and um we we went into the doctor because he had had a fall or we were going to the er and so they were checking things like that and, And uh, he was out of it when we got there. They're like, how did you even get him here? And he's just laying there. And the doctor kind of did this pinch, this hold on his shoulder, like a pressure point to try to see if he would be responsive because they worry about overdose with those high opioids. And so anyway, they dug into his shoulder and he just like sat up and he's just like, you want to take me? Like he just was ready to, you know, you want me to do that to your shoulder kind of a thing. And it was just, that was the feisty dad <laughs> that we knew just the, the fighter for, for fighting for a good life, for fighting for his family, for fighting for, um for, you know, hiking and, and nature experiences and all of those kinds of things. And so our dad was so far from loving anything medical or anything with, um, medicines, like it just was things that, those were things he didn't, you know, he didn't even take a Tylenol hardly in his life. So it was really, it was hard to see the kind of that contrast of what he valued and then just how his life ended. And there were so many things that were just not conducive to what he would have loved or liked, but he endured a lot. He was, he was very strong through it all. And, and he kept a pretty good attitude and just kept going and and did the appointments and took the meds. And he was he was awesome. He did a good job. <laughs> so, yeah. So we wanted to share a little bit about when he passed. Um, you know, I think I mentioned in a earlier episode, just that I really wanted to set an intention of having peace when my dad died. I had a feeling he would go at some point when, you know, like, is the timing ever right? <laughs> Probably not in our minds. Right. And so I just set that intention that I really wanted that peace when he went and we were actually, Christine and I were there. We had moved him home from the care center that he was at. He wanted, we wanted, and he wanted and we wanted to have him pass at home. And um, we were waiting for our brother to come into town uh, Sunday. Night. It was a Sunday night. And um, so we were just spending some time with him and extra time holding his hand or laying next to him or things like that. And he was totally unresponsive when we had moved him over, he kind of sat up and looked around a little and that was kind of the last time that he was responsive. And so he was just laying and breathing. And, and so we were waiting for our brother to come and we kept telling our dad, he, you know, only five hours, only this many hours, like it's almost time. And so um, our dad actually ended up passing three hours before our brother got there. And that was a little bit of a disappointment for Christina and I, because we, we wanted him to hang on and see Rob and it, we knew it would be a disappointment for Rob too. And so anyway, that was hard. Um, but it ended up being, even though like at first I was like, oh no, no, like, cause um, our aunt and uncle were there as well. And our aunt, I left the room for a minute to change the laundry. And as I was coming back, she's like, he's going, he's going. And I was like, no, like he can't go. It's not time. Like we still have three hours till Rob gets here. Like you got to wait, kind of a thing. And so, um, but I came over to him and I, and at first I was, wanted to talk him out of going. And then I remembered just that intention that whenever he was going, whenever it was his time, that there would be peace and that it would be right. And that, you know, we all have those desires to have more memories and more hikes and more, whatever it is that you share with that person, but that when it's their time, it's their time you have to accept that and let them go. And so I just, at first I'm like, no, and Christina too, wait, Rob's coming. And then as soon as we kind of closed our mouths from saying that. We opened our mouths and said, well, if it's your time, then go, dad, go. You know, you deserve to go. You deserve peace. And I think my biggest takeaway from dad passing was his body language as he passed and just watching what happened with his body. Right before I left the room, we saw some tears in his eyes and we had just kind of moved him to get him comfortable and switch him to the other side. And and I saw we saw these tears and I didn't think much of it when it happened. I don't think you thought much of it either, Christina, till after, right? Till we knew what was happening.
0: Yeah, I didn't even point it out. There was a tear, you know, in the corner of his eyes, but I didn't think anything about it.
1: Yeah. And so we just thought, okay, you know, and as soon as he started to pass and do the shallow breathing, and you could tell he was going um we started to watch more closely and that's when we thought well there were the tears first and then and we felt like i felt like that was tell me if you felt the same way about that 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 was mom coming to get him and he had these tears of joy it just was so cool that there were these tears just out of nowhere i mean he was so dehydrated he his mouth was so dry he had even like sores in his mouth from being so dried up That it's like there wouldn't be tears in the eyes unless there was like a real reason for it kind of a thing. And so there were these tears and we really felt like our mom came and that he had been without her for three years. And so we knew that that was a grand reunion for them. And then right after that, we saw and I'm getting chills as I'm talking about this, but we kind of lifted up his blanket and we saw chills on his arms. He had stopped breathing at this point and he had these chills up and down his arms, and it was just this super cool experience of knowing what a spiritual experience that it must have been for him as he passed over to the other side, and right before that, when we had moved, or we had moved him, he also did open his eyes, which to me was symbolic of this, like spiritual eyes opening. He had opened his physical eyes, and then That was right after the tear so tear and like hey I saw these amazing things and he was so grateful for it and then those eyes opening of like spiritual eyes opening and then those amazing goosebumps all up and down his arms and it was just beautiful, it was just so beautiful. Anyway, we uh, you know I know that a lot of people. Have lost loved ones. And so um, we, our heart goes out to you. And uh, just as you heal from that and as you have your own experiences of letting go of those that you love, I think there is so much beauty that can be found. You know, we can focus on, hey, you know, they gave us false hope, or hey, we didn't have another year with him, or hey, I didn't get to go on that other hike with him, or hey, Rob didn't get to say goodbye to him but ultimately we definitely felt a huge spiritual influence as he died. It was a huge spiritual experience. And then not only that, um, but just felt this constant peace and it felt like he was still there. Didn't you feel that Christina it just kind of felt like he was just lingering just staying to be with us. And even Rob said that cause he came later, you know, three hours later and And Rob is an artist, so he was drawing dad and having his time with him and and tears and all the things. And when um, in the morning, he said he felt like he was just hanging out with our dad. And that was really cool. One other little thing that was neat was our dad, when his mom passed, he went to be with her in her passing and he had to go to Switzerland. He's from Switzerland, and so um, he went to go be with her. His sister said he didn't have a lot of time, so he hurried over. And he missed her death too, by three hours. And we were reading an experience about him and how he, at first he's like, how can this be? Like, I missed seeing my mom. And then the whole week he was there for funeral services and all those things, and he felt so much peace. He felt like he was home again, like he was right with his mom. And so I just, I know that like, even though that physical part of life ends, there's definitely a spiritual element um, that life continues. It's so cool. It just, you can feel it and you know it. And um, you can actually, I feel like you can invite them in if you need them at certain points. And, um, you know, I've had a couple conversations, really great conversations with dad since he passed and just insights that I feel like have come from him to help me and guide me. And so anyway, I think everyone can have that connection if they open themselves up to it um and just know that if you have a loved one on the other side they they love you they want to connect with you and want to support you in whatever you're doing and so even though you can't see them they're there and um anyway we love you guys we hope that as you go through your struggles you can find the beauty in it there's so much beauty in life you know the hurt brings a lot of joy in the end and that's what we saw dad had constant hurt for a full year and then I mean not even a break from it really he had the meds but then that brought on new problems <laughs> and then and he still felt pain even with the medicine but constant pain and then to fit, see those tears of joy and that release of release from the struggle so so cool. I just
0: wanted to talk a little bit how inspired that our uncle and aunt were cuz it was just Liz and I and then our uncle texted me and said, "Hey, is it okay if we come over?" and we were so like reluctant that they wanted to come over like, "Yes, yes, come over" cuz he'd been a part of our dad's whole experience with cancer and he actually probably took him to more appointments than Liz and I. Um yeah. and so they showed up and and it was amazing because they they were inspired to bring the story. So my dad had written, we have family reunions every year with my mom's family, and they have a book about your most spiritual experience. And our dad had written down that his most spiritual experience was when he had missed his mom's death, but when he still got to be feel like she was, you know, with him while I was in Switzerland. And so it was really incredible that they, they were inspired to come see us. They were inspired to bring that story. And then I kid you not, like 10 to 15 minutes after they read the story, Vince passed. And it was such a comfort to know that because I was really upset when Rob wasn't there when our dad passed, because he, you know, was coming all that way. And he just he had decided very late on that he wanted to come say bye to dad. And and it just broke my heart that he wasn't there when he died. But then after they had read that story, and just knowing that even though he wasn't there when he died that wasn't the important part because he got there and and Liz and I really needed Rob
1: yeah we and did. it was just so
0: incredible that he got there and he was able to be there for Liz and I and to be a support for us and to help with all the funeral arrangements and everything and I think that was the main reason he came out was not to be there when our dad passed but you know to be there and to be a part of all the things that happened afterward and so we're just so grateful to everyone who's been inspired to help out there's been so many people in our dad's neighborhood and so many family members that have come and helped us and have made this process so much easier than it would have been without them
1: and yeah so it's
0: been sure. it's been really hard but it's also been very humbling and we feel really blessed and honored to have so many good friends and family to help us out during a difficult time. And I still miss my dad every day. He was one of my best friends and it doesn't make it easier now that he's gone, but just knowing that he's not suffering and that he's, he's not in pain anymore helps me to accept, you know, that he is gone. And so I just wanted to add in that if you feel inspired at all to reach out to people, do that. If you have, you know a little idea that comes to your mind, someone might need you. There's been so many times in the past couple weeks where someone's either said something or done something, and it was like exactly what I needed at that point. And so I hope to live my life in a way where I can bless others when they really need me because that's made all the difference for me in the past couple weeks and going through our father's death is all the other people that have stepped up and have helped out.
1: Yeah, service has been a huge theme and so many people brought meals and groceries and helped us do cleaning and sorting and, you know, have taken dad to appointments and have just sat, they sat with dad, you know, when we couldn't be there some towards the end, we couldn't always be there. We had to go be with our families sometimes. And so people coming in to read with him or love him or talk to him and check on him and, and even just giving us word that, Hey, I was with him and this is how he's doing. And there's just countless hours. I mean, if you could count all the hours that people served our family during that time, it's probably it's thousands, but, um, so grateful for all of the people that served us during this time and, and made it so that we could be as strong as we could be. (laughs) through all of it and go through with it. It's like, sometimes there's, it's not easy. You just have to make your way through it. It helped ease that hurt and that frustration and that just the, the heaviness of the situation. Cause it was really hard. It was a heavy burden to carry as a family. And so we couldn't do it on our own. So thank you everyone who was a part of that. We love you and appreciate your service and your thoughtfulness and just for following inspiration that came to you to help us to have a lighter burden and to have the the way go easier for us. So thank you so much. All
0: right, everybody. And thanks for listening. And if you've lost someone or when you lose someone, Just don't forget to reach out to others because I think sometimes people don't know how to help. And there's been a lot of, I posted on Facebook that we needed some help cleaning and a lot of people showed up with that. And so don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it too.
1: Yeah, that's what we learned too. One morning, uh, our brother was like, I want bagels for breakfast. It was the morning of the funeral and it was like, we had so much going on and we just You know, aunts and uncles, what can I do to help? And one of our aunts asked, and like, can you just bring Einstein bagels? That'll be an easy fast breakfast for us. And so I think, not even like hesitating to to let people know because people want to help, and they like you said, sometimes they just don't know how. So it's all good. We I love the the quote that each of us are angels with one wing, and um, that we only learn like we can only fly together. And it's so true. We all need each other. Sometimes we think I can do this on my own, but we really do need the support and the help of those around us. So anyway, we love you guys. We support you with whatever you're going through and sending you love in your trials. And um, thank you to all those who have blessed our lives and supported us through this last year. Thank you. Love you.
0: Have you been enjoying the Arise and Thrive podcast? If you submit a review, we have got an offer
1: for you. Click the link in the notes below this episode, enter your name and your email, and we will send you a free copy of our valuable Beginner's Guide to Managing Your Emotion.
0: We all know what we need to be doing to improve in life, but are you ready now to take action to start arising and thriving in life? We wanna help
1: you. Do you have an unfinished project or do you have a goal that has been on your mind but you haven't made it a priority? Would you like to make more money? Would you like a new car? How about improving those really close relationships that need some repairing or some nurturing? We are here to help you with our Vision Board Masterclass. You'll enjoy daily accountability and support, You'll enjoy having the mindset shifts and techniques that will help you to accomplish your goals and future goals. Visit our website
0: today to register at AriseAndThriveLife.com.